Hi, everybody. Randy here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors, and that is our good friends at Precision Pro Golf. No Laying Up is brought to you by Precision Pro Golf. As summer heats up and golf season is in full swing, it brings all sorts of possibilities to reach a lower handicap, maybe improve your driver, or simply just play more golf and have fun. No matter what your golf goals are this year, Precision Pro Golf can probably help. Their award-winning rangefinders give golfers a reliable number to the target, whether you're aiming at the flag or trying to avoid a hazard. Everyone here at No Laying Up uses the NX9 Slope. It has all the features golfers love. Advanced slope technology, pulse vibration, and an embedded magnet built into the rangefinder so you can securely attach it to the cart. They also offer excellent customer service. They have a free lifetime battery replacement policy. Uh, just an exceptional company to deal with, an exceptional product. And and Precision Pro Golf measures more than just distances. Their new one-of-a-kind golf app offers advanced insight into your game that will help you measure your performance and let you know where you can improve. Search the App Store or the Android Marketplace for the Precision Pro Golf app. And right now, our listeners can receive $20 off the NX9 slope by using our coupon code TRAPDRAW, all one word. Go to precisionprogolf.com, use the coupon code TRAPDRAW at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder, the NX9 slope. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Trap Draw Podcast. My name is Randy. Tron is out of the office this week up in northern Michigan on family vacation, so I will be riding solo. Have a great episode in store. Uh, We are doing a weekly preview. Had a lot of options to choose from. PGA Tour, of course, is in the Twin Cities up in Minnesota. The ladies are over in France at the Evian, the Corn Ferry. Guys are uh, in Springfield, Missouri, but we're not doing any of those this week. We are going to link up with the Euro Tour, and we're going to talk about Wales, a place that I don't know a ton about. It is the Kazoo Open, supported by Gareth Bale this weekend on the Euro Tour. They're playing that at the Celtic Manor Resort in Newport, Wales. Before I get to our guests this week, I want to uh, just quickly touch on, we had a couple mea culpas from last week's episode in Midland, Michigan. Some folks on the refuge were quick to point out that Sleeping Bear Dunes is, in fact, not a state park but is actually a national park. Uh, I will, of course, apologize fully on behalf of our guest, Scott. Um, it was his mistake, but I will apologize for him because that's how big of a person I am. There were also uh, some comments that Scott undersold Meyer. Um, I believe my favorite comment was from one of our posters. They said, in college, 
We used to explain Meyer to out-of-state students as a place where at 1.50 in the morning you could buy a case of beer, a change of clothes, small animals, and firearms. So um, that sounds like quite the place. The uh, the Meyer up in up in Midland, Michigan. Also, some people came at us about Menards and saying Menards is a lot bigger and more bizarre uh, than we made it out to be. I guess you can literally get about anything you need to build and furnish a house. Uh, apparently, they have a good rebate program if you send in your receipts. So shout out Menards. Uh, I've never been to one. I don't think Tron has ever been to one, but uh, we may have to change that here going forward. Um, other than that, I don't think there was a ton. I think we got about everything right. And so, yeah, I guess let's turn our attention on to this week. Uh, of course, we efforted a lot of people from Wales. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones was probably at the top of our list. Gareth Bale, the namesake of this week's tournament. Uh, who else do we effort? Ryan Giggs, another soccer guy. Um, I saw Charlotte Church, I believe, was born in Wales. Um, she didn't get back to us. The singer, Tom Jones. I don't listen to a ton of his music, but I certainly know of him. Uh, he was born in Wales. I saw Bertrand Russell uh, claimed as Welsh. I don't know. It, in some of my research, it looks like he may have just lived there, uh, perhaps died there. I'm not sure if he was born there, though. So out of an abundance of caution, he wanted he wanted to come on this week, but out of an abundance of caution, we said we better not. Uh, we, we can't verify that you're 100% Welsh. So that was a bit of a bummer, but we, we wanted to err on the side of safety. Um, all that said, we, we did end up with a great guest, however. I am speaking to this week James Corrigan. He is a golf writer. He is a correspondent for the Daily Telegraph, the Sunday Telegraph. You know, typical typical sports writer, has been around the block, has seen it all. Uh, a little bit crusty, pretty funny, pretty self-deprecating. Stirs it up on Twitter, which is always a good time. Uh, I feel like we, we at No Laying Up at least celebrate you know, he and John Huggin, Lawrence Donegan, we, we kind of affectionately, affectionately refer to them as the, uh, the, the, the crusty uh, British crew, but in, in a loving way. I think we all have immense respect for how they see the game and their willingness to share their opinions, no matter how uh, unpopular they may be. So I, I had never met James. I've never met him, uh, but was really, really looking forward to talking to him. He's from Wales, obviously grew up uh, playing golf there, has, has spent a bunch of time, and I really look forward to learning more about his home and the country of Wales because I feel like it's, it's the most forgotten about, the, the most forgotten man, if you will, of the United Kingdom. So I think you'll enjoy this interview. Hopefully... You learn a thing or two, and uh, who knows, maybe you'll be inspired to take a trip over there. I know I sure am. So without further ado, here is my conversation with James Corrigan, all about Wales. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining on the line right now from Wales, our special guest this week, our expert on all things Wales, uh, Mr. James Corrigan. Follow him on Twitter at jcorrigangolf. Uh, I love your bio, James. Pathologically apathetic views uh, are your own. That speaks to my soul. Good evening where you are. Uh, thanks for joining. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm actually not in Wales. I'm still on my way back from the... Um from Royal St. George's. I'm in my camper van, actually, in my motorhome. So uh, I stopped in the in-laws on the way back. And um, yeah, I should be getting back to God's country in the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, still in England for the moment, but uh, just having a bit of hour and hour after sandwich. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, have you done the camper van before? Is that something that you've you've done a bunch? Our motorhome. So I've always wanted to cover an open from it. And it was perfect. Actually, I got a nice campsite in the middle of sandwich. It was a 20-minute stroll into the course. It's the way to go, I'm telling you. This is, uh, this is no more media hotels for me arguing at the bar with these silly old buggers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up my motorhome from now on. That's beautiful. We're actually, that's funny um, you say that because that's our plan. We, we get to go to the Ryder Cup in September. And um, our, our plan is to get a big motorhome and, and park it. Uh, there's a farm not too far from the course. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the players did it this time, actually, because of the COVID restrictions that uh, Ian Poulter was in one, Henrik Stenson was in and obviously Jason Day's usually in, wouldn't he? Um, um, no, I think for more on people, more on, you can have your little home from home and um, it really works, especially somewhere like Whistling Straits, which is pretty un- inaccessible, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. You're going to be an hour away unless you're in, a, in an RV, as you call them. Now, do you, do you do your own cooking and everything? Do you have a bunch of supplies? Well, yeah, it was the butler's week off, so I had to do my own cooking this time. Yeah, <laughs> I did, um, it was mostly got to be most. It was we were late nights. So it was uh, getting a takeaway, you know, a couple of pints in the pub, and maybe getting fish and chips in. Or I did cook a couple of times and cut myself a couple of steaks and managed not to burn the place down. So I've done all right. Well, good for you. Uh, what do you think of the Open uh, and and more specifically Royal St George's? Um, i got to be honest, I've never been a big fan of Royal St. George's. I always thought it was the weakest course on the rotor. I've, it's grown on me a bit more. I'm still not sure it's one of the better ones. It's, um, to me, I, I know Lynx golf shouldn't be fair and, you know, it's all about, um, you know, taking the bad breaks, accepting the bad breaks. But to me, it's just too many bad breaks. But then again, it's produced a fantastic, fantastic winner, isn't it, in yeah. Morocco? Somebody who, you know, I, I thrilled that he's won. I think he says so much about what golf can do right. You know, not all this bomb and gouge stuff. You know, you've got an actual somebody with uh, with agility, with amazing iron play, with amazing. I think he's probably the best iron player I've seen since Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he he it was it was fun, wasn't it? It was it was good. We had good people at the thing. You know, that there were there those three at you know Louis Ustazen and Jordan Spieth, and then a bit of Ram at the end. I thought it was great. It was, you know, you can always tell a good open by the quality of the leaderboards, and it, and it was stacked, wasn't it, by the end? But um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, it's grown on me, Royal St George's, but I still wouldn't say it was anywhere near my favourite. Your uh, your post game article that you wrote um, drew drew the or I, I guess drew the comparison in the natural differences between Morikawa and DeChambeau. Um, yeah, and I thought it would. would what what's your take on Bryson and and how is he received across the pond over there in in England and Great Britain? It's amazing, DeChambeau. I think um, you know he's been sent from heaven for golf writers, isn't he, DeChambeau? Yeah. 
like you know all of us sit here saying oh he's bad for the game when he's not is he? he gives us headlines he gives us interest you know you'll know from your own traffic that you know you you write a piece or you do something under shambo people are interested so you know I, I think he's been great for the game um i was speaking with a just with a golfer's hat on you know um golf fans hat on i would prefer to watch marikara i must I, there's so many more dimensions it to me but what what i'm glad about is that obviously he's shown and Spieth has shown that there is room for these different styles of play and to me that's what a sport needs to be able to do it needs to have dimensions so you know the shambo i'm always rooting for him because you know he gets up there we get ratings and my boss my boss <laughs> shouting at me but you know, I'd, I'd, if I was just there as a fan, I was taking my boy up to watch golf, I'd go and take him to watch Maracara and say, this is the way to play golf. But that's just the old snob in me, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's I, that that's what stood out to me about Morikawa is, is just the word that comes to mind is proper. And mm. he, he, he feels to me like somebody that you could drop into any era with any equipment on any course and he would find a way to compete. Yeah, that, and, that, you've, you've summed it up perfectly. They've, absolutely. <laughs> he would have, um, I'm not sure if you took DeChambeau back to the 50s and he was playing against Peter Thompson and Bobby Locke on the links. They, I'm not sure that would work, but you know, they would look at Morikawa and just appreciate his skills. And you know, He's an extraordinary young man, isn't he? He really is. Mm. He's, like, he's just so mature. I, I, I just find it, when he's 24, I think when I was 20, I think what I'm like when I'm 52, when I'm a... You know, I'm on a Burke, and he's just got this. Everything seems to be sussed. He's got life worked out, hasn't he? And he, um, yeah, it's going to be actually see what he does, you know, and where he goes. Because, um, you know, we always do this, don't we? After a major, we say, Oh, he's going to go and dominate, he's going to go and dominate. You oh, know, we did god, yes, yeah, last year after the Masters. Um, but you think this guy's going to go and dominate, and you think he can, he is that good, but uh. It's obviously tough to win up there at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think I would I would sign up for many more Morikawa Spieth duels. Um, mm. Sprinkle in Rom. You know, I know Rom made a charge, but he wasn't exactly in contention. Um, but, but between those three, you know, and I feel like we say this at the end of every major season too. It's like, man, golf. It it seems like it's in a good place right now. Um, I think and, it is, isn't it? If you look back at the, this this Grand Slam season and. The stories are just incredible, aren't they? Obviously, the mm -hmm. Matsuyama thing is probably the biggest story just because it's what it's going to do, you know, in years that we can't, you know, years to come for Japanese golf and Asian golf. Mickelson was just absurd, ridiculous. <laughs> and then you've got, you know, the last two, uh, you know, you could see them being one and two in the world for a couple of years to come, couldn't you? And um, yeah, yeah, it's been a brilliant major season. It's been right up there, I think. And it's great, you know, that it's happened when the fans have been allowed back in and because that was what's the best thing about Sandwich, as great as Morikawa was, was to actually have those 32,000 people there a day. It was just, it, it just, rem it just reminded you of what we've been missing and what golf's been missing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, let's turn our eyes. The, the reason we wanted to have you on this week is the, uh, of course it's the kazoo open, uh, supported yeah. by Gareth Bale. Uh, they're playing it at the Celtic Manor resort yeah. in Newport, in, uh, in Newport, Wales. Uh, yeah. first of all, I had to look up what kazoo is. I, I wasn't sure what kind of company, do you know off offhand what, what they do? No, don't they do something to do with cars? That's yeah. All I'm, yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> online, online car retailer. Um, yeah. And I was surprised about Gareth Bale's support. Is is that new for this tournament? Do you know, or is that? 
he's, he's had a link up with a Celtic uh, with Celtic Manor before. Uh, Celtic Manor, we call it, not Celtic. Celtic okay. are the football team. Celtic is the uh, thing. Um, yeah, he's had a he's he's played in something awful called this um, Celtic Cup or Celtic Cup, or and it's like all celebrities. But he loves his golf. He absolutely loves his golf. I'm not sure if you know. There's a there's a chant that the Wales fans sing, which is. Um, Wales Golf Madrid, they just sing that. Wales Golf Madrid, Wales Golf Madrid, because it's Gareth Bale once said that for him, it's Wales Golf and Real Madrid in that <laughs> order. No, he's he's an absolute, you know, he's probably going to be the biggest figurehead for Wales Golf we've had since Ian Woosnam, actually. That's what I would say, because, you know, he, he and he knows all the good courses that we have and probably Celtic Manor in one of them. I'm not going to be rude about it, but it was made for a Ryder Cup and, you know, it's not, it's not, representative of what Welsh golf is. Well, and that's a great jumping in point because I was going to ask you where Celtic Manor obviously hosted the 2010 Ryder Cup. Um, I, I I think it's safe to say Royal Porthcrawl is probably the best course in Wales, but maybe not. Yeah. I, I'm curious your opinion, how you would kind of rank those top three, four, five Welsh golf courses. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say Royal Porthcrawl is our gem, you know, the gem that's known. It's Probably if you go abroad to America, if, we, if I went to America, Royal Porthcoal would be the one they've heard of in a playing sense. Obviously, um, the Ryder Cup in 2010 gave some gave some light to uh, Celtic Manor. But Porthcoal is the one. If we had the Open, and we should have the Open, you know, and I've made this point over and over to the RNA that, you know, they've, they've gone, obviously, Scotland, England, now Northern Ireland with Portrush. They're thinking about going to Republic of Ireland with Port Marnock. And they just give such short strift to um, to Royal Porthcawl, and you know, it's the usual thing about the infrastructure. And all these things can be fixed. We saw that with Port Rush, which staged one of the great opens when ten years before Peter Dawson was saying it was impossible. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think Port Rush should hold an open. I think it's unfair if it doesn't. I think it's being discriminatory to Wales. And when we do hold an open, and we're holding a, a women's open there in a few years, people will realise, and that will throw the spotlight on the rest of these wonderful links courses we have. Um, because we're, we're not very good at um, uh, shouting out about ourselves. While the Irish are amazing and the Scots are amazing, we sort of all sit in the corner and we don't, you know, we're, we're not very good at saying what we have. And, you know, we're not, we don't have the uh, the number of links courses that Scotland do. Obviously, we don't. Maybe we don't have um, the number of courses that Ireland do, but the links courses we have are hidden gems. And I would, honest to God, I would, uh, do a, um, a schedule for anybody to come out and they would be stunned and I would, you know, you go from Porthcawl um, there's Southern Downs by Porthcawl which is just a fabulous links course, really, you have sheep wandering over the um, course, if you go to Wales and you don't see a sheep we haven't been to Wales, that's what we say <laughs> we got Arlick with a castle, you know apart from sheep we're known for our castles which is um, amazing, uh, Royal St David's Harlick, just a fantastic golf course Nevin, everybody's sick and seeing the picture of Nevin on the Lee Peninsula there, where the golf course literally goes out into the into the sea, and it's got it has to have three nine holes because sometimes, well, well, every, every day the tide takes one of the nine out, and you get, you know, you get you get stranded over there. Um, you know, the list goes on. Conway, the Curtis Capers thing, Abadovi. There's a course called um, my particular favourite, and it's a personal favourite because I played so much golf there when I was a kid course called Gubert, which is up on um, Cardigan Bay, overlooking Cardigan Bay, looking down at the beautiful uh, village of St. Dogmals. And I go there and it just amazes me that more people haven't, you know, it's 
in its own way, it's as beautiful as Pebble Beach, and people just don't play there. And it, I remember my membership there when I was a kid. I'm, I'm 52 now. So when I was an 18-year-old, I used to pay £9 a year country membership, and it was just such an honour to get to play there. And, um, yeah, th th there's, there are great courses. There's great courses I haven't played that people say to me, oh, you've got to go and play that, and um, and I haven't, and I, you know, I've got to get round to it because... And I'd, I'd love to do a book on, you know, these hidden gems because yeah. so many of them. Yeah, yeah. I know um, Wales is a place, you know, we, we do a couple travel series and um, we fit Ireland and Scotland, but I, in the back of our mind, Wales is a place that I, I think um, is, is very enticing for us for, for a lot of those same reasons you just said, just because a lot of people, especially stateside over here in America, myself included, really, just don't know a whole lot about it and don't even have pictures of it in their mind. Um, yeah. You know, just prepping to talk to you a little bit and, and looking at some of the courses, it's, it's unbelievable country. Uh, I think that's yeah. what I didn't quite realize is one, how mountainous Wales is um, yeah. generally speaking. And uh, you know, how much coastline too. I, I, I read, you know, almost 1700 miles of coastline. Uh, yeah. which is, you know, like you said, it's just, that must be spectacular. It really is. If you get the weather as well, like now we've got a heat wave. I was just thinking then I'd love to be, we, we stay in a little place called Forsyth, which is like a little seaside village, which is uh, five miles from Cardigan. That's where Gubert Golf Club is. And I was just thinking, God, I'd love to be there today. As you look out and you can see the uh, dolphins and, and do you know what I mean? Even if you're playing crap, which most of the time I am in losing balls, there's nowhere better to be on earth in my, yeah, I know I'm talking, Patriot, but that's part of golf, isn't it? It's being um, loving where you're from and loving uh, loving the scenery that that you're proud of. And um, mm -hmm. you go up to Harlech and you've got Snowdonia, the, probably the most beautiful mountain range in Britain. Um, and some Scots will tell me off of that, but to my mind, it is. And it's everything is so stark there, and the people are the people are so friendly. The pubs are great. You know, I just don't see a downside. And I, I wish, you know, we we did get. I know that. Uh, the tourist board in Wales have been trying to hammer home this and they got some uh, success from from 2010 um, and the Ryder Cup. But, um, you know, what I'd love is to uh, get the Open, for Wales to get the Open, and that would really give it a drive that it needs and, and deserves, in my opinion. Well, um, how does Wales, you know, I'm I'm a very ignorant American, I will I will admit that. What, what's, um, you know, I, I feel like at, at a very surface level, I kind of understand a little bit of the relationship between uh, Scotland and England, Ireland and England. In your words, what's that relationship like between Wales and, and England and, you know, Wales and the rest of the United Kingdom? Yeah, well, it's funny what we talked about earlier, the Celts. So the Celts, are obviously, the Welsh, the Scots, the Irish, and the English aren't the Celts. There's something else that sounds a bit like Celts, but um, I won't say that word. No, no, we, we get on with them, but it's... Um, it's like you have we just had the Euros here, right? And I'm in England and England got to the final and it was big and most of the Scots I know and most of the Welsh, we were actually at the where were we? We were in we were at the Scottish Open and uh, most of the people there in the hotels were cheering for the other team and it didn't matter who the other team was. <laughs> um but no, we got on, but you know, it's just I hate the word, but it is banter, you know, and one thing the only way we can express ourselves, the Welsh, particularly probably is through sports that's our best way of doing it we have the beautiful language and everything 
but you know our best way of expressing our own individuality is through um sport and um but in terms of you know the when the english players for the wales open this week and matt wallace will be there you know they'll all be they'll be they'll be the stars when westwood comes down or any of them tommy or any of them the welsh are totally behind them you know and we obviously come together as a continent continent that we've left unfortunately in europe but um yeah so i don't know it's all whatever you there are people who get silly about it get over the top about it but mostly it's just good fun good ribaldry bants whatever you want to call it okay i have a lot of things i want to ask you because you you just uh what you just said prompted in a lot of different directions um let, let's start with english golf though um I, you know i i made the point this week on twitter and some of it you know it's fun to to get the english riled up like you said it's it's good banter uh what, what do you make of english golf right now and, and specifically i feel like they have a lot of guys that are are pretty good but but you know, struggling to break through with any world-class type players and, and specifically in yeah. majors. I, I think that's what stuck out to me was, you know, I think since uh, Nick Faldo's last major in 1996, they've won two majors, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rose and, and Willett. I, yeah. I, for, from where you stand, what, what's your impression of English golf right now? And I guess specifically on the men's side. Yeah, it's typically English, actually. They have all of this t- talent. They do have all of this talent, and it can't translate it to the world stage. Um, I don't mean to... If you, th- if you think of the number of golfers that England has produced, good golfers, top 50 in the world golfers, it's been extraordinary, actually. It's been, it's been so, so much more numerous now than it used to be. You know, I th- when you go back to uh, the year 2000, England had two golfers in the world's top 100 one of them was Nick Falder and one of them was Lee Westwood mm. um, you know we usually, we've usually got about 10 and I'm not sure about what it is now but it was usually nine or ten and you know we've had so many we've had three uh, England have had three world number ones in the last 12 years um, Lee Westwood Luke Donald Justin Rose um, we've had you know so many top 10 players uh, Poulter Casey you know, you can just go through them, uh, you know, even Tyrrell Hatton, you know, and thing, but they just made it just as happened, happened for them. And I, I've never understood why. And they can't understand. They've got me written so many articles about it. I asked uh, Poulter about, because um, did a, I did a piece just before Sandwich about it had been 52 years since Jacqueline uh, was an Englishman winning an Open on English soil. That was the last one. Mm-hmm. And I passed Poulter about it and, you know, he's usually a good talker and can sort of uh, come up with theories and he just went, it's bonkers. And literally that's about the most you're going to get because they don't know. They can't understand why they can't get over the line. Now you look at them in the Ryder Cup, we look at the English contribution to that. It's been extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You know, people like Westwood and Poulter and Casey and Donald and, you know, Rose. And even now, you know, we got Hatton and, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick and Matt Wallace is on the brink. It's you know, and I, I probably forgot a few there. Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood, man. He took before Morikawa comes out. He was the bloke who could hit irons better than anyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, just something's missing there. I'm not sure what it is. Hmm. I've thought once they won. I thought when Danny won in 2016, when Danny Willett won, especially because he wasn't the top of the crop. You know, he was a good player. Obviously, he was a world top 12 player, but because he wasn't the very best of them. I thought they'd look at him and think, God, if Danny can win one, so can I. I thought there would be like this, you know, a, a bit of a snowball effect, but it just didn't happen. And uh, 
and I'm at a loss to explain to everyone. It's something that my editor asks me at least three times a year, like when are England golf are going to win one? And yeah. I don't know. He just, I don't see what else they can do. The programs they got in place that they are producing the talent. Um, England golf, the performance director of England golf is a very good friend of mine, a Welshman. And he's just saying the players they got coming through is it, you know, really, really strong, really strong group. And, you know, they'll, They'll, they'll make it, but will they make it, make it, you know? There's, 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 there's I don't know, it's very hard to slag, sit down there and slag off somebody who's in the world's top 20 who's a multi-millionaire by the age of 26, isn't it? Right, I know, so, I know. I mean, it's, 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 it's part of golf's problem in a way, I think that, because what? obviously someone like Faldo, you know, was just a total loan and England golf didn't have anybody then and he just went and worked at it himself. He was a bit like Andy Murray in tennis now, you know? The only British tennis player. He was like obviously they had Sandy Lyle, who was just an extraordinary talent, and then Woozy came along. But you know, Faldo, you need somebody of that mindset, that you know, absolute, completely focused, not interested in anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, then we'll have a then Britain will have another golfing superstar. You know, we, we count Rory as one of our own, obviously, because um uh, Northern Ireland's in the UK and we count him and you know he's been brilliant for us, but uh yeah, England, England itself is a mystery. What and and Rory's a, Rory's his own fascinating case. Do you, yeah. I, if if you're betting money, do, I mean, it seems like such a silly thing to say, but do you think he wins another major? I don't know. I was thinking about that when I sat down to write the inevitable Morikawa only majors will he win piece yesterday. <laughs> he would have said to me in 2014 after you know he walked away from that. PGA at Valhalla just won, you know, obviously the WGC the week before and obviously won at Hoylake the week before that. He just said then that he won't have another major going into 2022. I just thought there must have been, oh my God, there must have been some really bad accidents and bad injury and some horrible, but, you know, he hasn't. He's just, you know, I think he'll win another major but because I think he's too good not to, but I in his down years, in those majorless years, everybody else has improved to such an extent that he'll never be the dominant woman again. I just don't see him being the dominant one again. Yeah, but I they, think that's well said. Like Marikara. Marikara's got aspects to his game that Rory will be, never be able to have match. Mm-hmm. I think Rory might continue to be the better, um, reinstate himself, sorry, as the best driver in the world again. And that's obviously where his mojo comes. But he won't win a, he won't win a major just by driving anymore. It just won't happen. And... Um, I really hope he sorts it out. And, you know, I, I thought it was a great move to go to Pete Cowan. Um, but you know, at the moment, I'm struggling to see where it'll come from. Mm-hmm. Surely you can't end like this. Not on four, not for Rory McIlroy. That would be absurd. I know. And I hope he does get them. You know, if he's just going to win one, I, I, I hope it's at the Masters. And, you yeah, know, he can, he can complete the Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, I Safe to say, Ian Woosnam... The, uh, the the best most accomplished golfer uh, from Wales. Ah, uh, Ian Woosnam. Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget in 1991 where I was. I was in this bar and we had this horrible. It was my local pub. We had this horrible landlord who uh, would never let us stay on in 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 Britain. Sort of stop on as we call them when they'll keep when they you know they're supposed to shut but they'll let you stay on for another hour. And the Masters it was a bit delayed. The Masters that I think there was a half hour delay, so it should have shut. I think um, the pub should have shut at eleven. I think it went on the nineteen ninety one Masters till half eleven, and it was the first time this landlord ever let us stay because there were like twenty of us wanted to watch Woozy and he was um, 
and he was a massive Woozy fan. And just seeing what he what Woozy did to that really grumpy landlord who then, when Woozy held that pet and did the old thing like that, just said free bar, and we had a free bar for an hour. And I've told Woozy that story, that that's the effect he had on his country. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my mind, you know, we're obviously a, a country that loves its rugby and its football. Um, in terms of individuals, we've had great Olympians and everything, but to me, Woozy's number one. Just, wow. just number one. The way he played the game, and you know, if you ever if you ever saw Woozy hit a golf ball in this pomp, it just stays with you. It stays in your mind. Remember um, Woods at the um, was it ninety ninety six a second open, I think, and um, he he walked across a fairway just because he wanted to watch Woozy hit a shot in a practice round, and like when Tiger Woods is you know wanted to, even when he was just he was a phenomenon then, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And Tiger Woods wants to watch your swing and the way he hits a golf ball. You know you're pretty good. And uh, I love Woozy. I love him to bits. Honest to God, he, I'm almost crying here thinking about him. I, I'm looking. It's amazing. I that, I never would have get. I mean, I knew he he played a big part in, in uh, Welsh golf and and certainly you know sport at large. But seeing your reaction, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, and the way he was in the Ryder Cup and when he was the captain, you know, just. Basically, you have all of these, you know, people go into all of these, you know, really in-depth thing like McGinley, you know, and who was just like this, you know, complete master tactician and then azing it with his pod system and all of that. And basically, Woozy, I asked Westwood that and I said, how did Woozy do it? He said, basically, we all just got there on the Sunday night and he just said, right, boys, what do you want to drink? And they all <laughs> and they bonded and that was it for the week. You know, if you wanted to drink Woozy, I'd buy it for you. He trusted you. He knew exactly what the camaraderie was when he wasn't going to touch it. And he just did it the Welsh way. And that's why we absolutely love him in Wales. He is, um, he's up there with Tom Jones for us. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Tom Jones and uh, just, a, just, a, just a wonderful golfer. And, you know, he's, he's a funny guy as well. He's a very, very funny guy. Oh, I love, I, I love hearing that, 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 Bringing a big smile to my face. Um, that's that's wonderful. Um, hey. Hi, everybody. Randy again. I want to thank our other sponsor for today's podcast, and that is our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. And speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold. And DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for trap draw listeners listen to this great offer place any pre-event wager of one dollar to be eligible to cash 100 dollars in free credits if america wins any medal this year that's 100 to 1 odds on an american athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold silver or bronze this week 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often so sign up for DraftKings sportsbook now to get in on all the action I must say I'm uh, I'm no type of handicapper, but this this sounds like a pretty uh, safe bet if if I have to say so myself. So listeners, right now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TRAPDRAW when you sign up to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code TRAPDRAW to turn one dollar into one hundred dollars in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
Thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Jaw. And now back to my conversation. Hey. Let me ask you about this. We, I said the, um, the, the event this week is in Newport. Uh, Newport is one of, again, my, my very cursory research here. Newport is one yeah. of three cities in Wales with over 100,000 people for a population. Uh, yeah. Putting it alongside Cardiff, Swansea, and, and, of, and of course, Newport. Hi, talk yeah. to me about those three cities and uh, do they take on different personalities or, you know, kind of at, at a high level or, or stereotypically, um, what do people like me, you know, what, what are some things we, we should know or, or can know about those three cities? Uh, Newport's quite a, um, what's the best word for it, um, without insulting it? Uh, <laughs> I say it, it's very real city. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, okay. not, it's, it's, it's only 15 miles from Cardiff. So it's in the sort of shadow of the capital. But, um, you know, it, it's had its, um, its problems over the years. It's not a great city to visit, I wouldn't say. Okay. But, um, it's actually been regenerated and, you know, Put it this way, Celtic Manor tried to repackage itself as being in the Usk Valley rather than in Newport. Usk Valley sounds so much more appealing than Newport, but um, Sir Terry Matthews, the owner of uh, Celtic Manor, a man has done wonders for Welsh golf, is from Newport, and he's proud of it, and he he, um, he promptly put it back that, you know, Celtic Manor is in Newport, and, you know, it's probably its shining light is Celtic Manor. And okay. um, Cardiff is a city that's just well, I, I, it's my home city. It's, um, it's a city that has gone through huge change in the last 20 years, a regeneration. I'm not sure if you know the Principality Stadium, which is the stadium where it's like 84,000, where they've played, they play the FA Cup finals, where Wales play its rugby matches yeah. and football matches. And it's right in the city. It's just the most extraordinary um venue for a venue for assume is right bang in the middle of the city and i was actually in a charlotte uh, for the wells fargo and that that um, stadium's right in the middle of the city isn't it and that's sort yes. of the only one i've yeah. seen that is you know so beautifully positioned so um I, I used to work in Cardiff for a local paper there and i remember i was being sent out to find out how many places you could have a drink within 100 yards of the city and I got to like 457. I didn't actually have a drink in all of them because I wouldn't be around now if I did. There's some with like 457 licensed premises within a hundred yard radius of around the thing. Um, so Cardiff's, yeah, Cardiff's, Cardiff's a, a really up and coming city. Sort of people, uh, it's a great night out. It's pretty, um, pretty wild on a Saturday night there. But um, and it's got a lovely marina and Swansea's uh, about 50 miles from Cardiff. Um, Cardiff people from don't like people from Swansea. Swansea don't like people from Cardiff. Okay. If anything I say will probably incriminate me. But I went to university in Swansea, and it's great. It's got beautiful beaches and um, some great golf courses. Panard, I forgot to say Panard, which is um, a fantastic links course up on the top of Swansea. Langland Bay, another beautiful golf course. Um, Swansea is actually a really, and then you've got Tenby, which is sort of an Ashburnham is like 10 minutes from Swansea. Ashburnham's a fantastic golf course. And then you go up and then you've got Tenby, which is also this gorgeous links. Literally, you could get your RV and just head up there. Mm -hmm. And if you do, drop by and pick me up because I'll come with you because that is just a brilliant road trip and make you all the way around the coast, all the way up to North Wales. And wow, you'll be stunned, honest. God, that sounds like a good trip. I know. In, in the heat of the summer over here right now, that's that's kind of sounds like where I would love to be. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, go for a heat wave at the moment, so we're only in late 20s, which isn't hot for you, but for us, it's like 
well, we're not used to this. I think I've always thought Lynx Golf needs a bit of little bit of win. We mm. needed win last week, I thought definitely. Maybe the odd drizzle just for half an hour, just to cool you down, just to yeah. be honest. And uh, I thought that's what it missed last week, actually. The odd squall. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I found it interesting. Wales, uh, on, in a square mileage, is about 8,000 square miles, which for the American listeners equates to, it's a little bit smaller than the state of New Jersey over here. <laughs> Uh, just to give people a sense of, you know, how, how big the area is. Uh, my, my question, though, for you, you, you mentioned the snow. I, I think I'm saying it hopefully correctly. Snowdonia Mountains. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's a collection. I was reading the, the Welsh 3000s, which are the, the collection of mountains over 3000 feet. Um, I, I guess, have you climbed any of those? And, and I guess a tack on question would be, uh, besides some of those mountains, in, in your opinion, what are some of the more beautiful natural sites to see or places to visit i haven't done much of snowdonia because it's in the north of the wales i haven't really i've been we actually went up there last year and um, went down to some old slate mines and stuff stuff that i'm pretty interested in all of that and just the way that it used to um we were up there in the um winter so i said to the wife it wouldn't be a good idea for climb up a mountain it wouldn't be a good idea for me to climb up a mountain anyway there's um, there's also the brecon beacons which is gorgeous which is um which is more towards South Wales. Um, that's just in the valleys. Have you been, you've, you've heard of the valleys, you know, and the Rhondda Valley and the Merthyr Valley. And that, mm-hmm. that's just, it's just by the, the other side of Merthyr. I used to work, my first job was on the Merthyr Express. And um, if you just traveled like 10 minutes, you'd be in the uh, Brecon Beacons. And there's a, there's a great walk there called the Panavan. And it's just, you get loads of people doing it and it's not too taxing. It's, um, even I managed it when I was a young man, and um, well, that, that's great fun. And um, I would say, you know, the mountain ranges and the castles. Like we got so many great castles. If you're into your history and everything, and um, you know, it's played such a part in British history. You know, we, when you hear of the Tudors and King Henry VIII and things like that. Well, his dad's King Henry the Seventh. He came from uh, Pembrokeshire, born in Pembroke Castle, um, went over to France, came back and defeated the. Um, the army of Richard III, you know, which is a very famous Shakespeare play. And, you know, you can tra- trace a lot of these things. Um, whenever I go down West Wales, I take my son to another castle and show him. And he pretends to be bored, but he's 13, quite interested now. And he's getting it quite, you know, he's because he can link things up to it. And he finds the fun in that, you know, yeah. that you do these history. And, you know, Wales has played an important part of British history. Um, we, we, we're quite, uh, we're, we're not, there is a drive for independence, but it's nowhere on Scotland's level. You know, well, Scotland have had votes and everything. We've never mm-hmm. had that. There's not, I don't think there's the appertite. I know a lot of my friends, you know, I've had arguments and I always thought we should stay part of um, Great Britain. And um, because I think it brings us so much more, but there is an independence drive. It's got a beautiful language, a language that most of us don't speak in Cardiff where I'm from, but uh, I think one in free and Wales speaking now, it's a gorgeous language. And some of the names are hilarious. They go on and on and on and on. The town names, and, right? The little town name. I, I was reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> names longer than the town. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, but you know, it's a gorgeous language. My my English wife is learning it now, and my my son learns it in school. And I, I might get in shame to try and pick a bit more up of it because it is um, it, it is an absolute beautiful language, you know. And um, you know, we've 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 had our things like Dylan Thomas was, to my mind, the greatest poet ever. Um, 
with you know choirs singing you'll go the great thing about Wales you'll just go into a pub one night and suddenly people will just start singing because they're just into communal singing you know the choirs of Wales are world famous yeah um don't be alarmed if that starts happening it's not a wedding or anything they just fancy us singing everybody joins in and we yeah, just have a good time and uh yeah it's a pretty happy country always singing uh, we we do like playing golf. There's more and more people. There's more people playing golf now, and more of my friends who I'd never thought would have been golfers playing now. I'm supposed. I'm sure this is happening across the um, definitely across Britain because of COVID. You know, it was COVID, and it seems a horrible thing to say, but COVID has managed um, to take golf places in Britain that marketing people never managed to it's become so much popular now because it's officially the official distance sport and social distance sport and so many people are playing it now and uh, it's great to see the courses busy again and Mm -hmm. because we were losing them and you know just it's a a great time to play golf in wales brilliant yeah um let let me ask you about uh, two questions somewhat related i'm interested in uh the food, the cuisine of Wales, if there's a national dish or something that that uh, you guys are known for. And then also uh, a drink, right? I Like I think of Guinness with Ireland and, you know, we had a ton of tenants beer up in Scotland. Uh, is, is there is, is there a, a popular beer in Wales? Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, just in Cardiff, there's, there's a um, pint of Brains, they call it Brains SA. And it, and it was it's called Brains. SA because the gentleman who founded Brains that was his initials SA but we call it Skull Attack because it really is it's, it's, it gets the places other beers can't reach if you go further uh, West Wales there's a, there's a beer called Feeling Foul Fell in Foil it is F-E-L-I-N-F-O-E-L and it's Fell in Foil but everybody calls it Feeling Foul because that's what you do in the next morning there you've got some good real ale beer, beers some really good real ale beers um the cuisine it's probably just like england we, we do have some things like um cowl which is a soup which is really really nice potatoey soup uh ralph's rare bit which is basically cheese on toast what else do we have we have uh, lava bread which is basically seaweed oh you know the seaweed and that's treated and eaten that's gorgeous it's really salty and they put it on the uh, you have that with toast and eggs and stuff and that's really good yeah um, but otherwise, yeah, it's mainly Indian restaurants. We just love them in Wales. They're everywhere, and you know, yeah, yeah. All of the all of the American lads who come over to cover the golf, you know, they they sort of really got into Indian food over the years, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it's probably our it's probably the national dish now of Britain is Indian food. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We found that. Uh, gosh, we stopped at a couple Indian places in Scotland. Uh, yeah, and uh, and everything. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. What else do I need to ask you about? Uh, we talked, we, we, t- you, you touched on uh, Tom Jones, the singer um, and, and his prominence in Wales and, and obviously in Woosdom. I was going to ask you a, a, a couple more famous people that you think are, you know, celebrated and, and held maybe in that upper, upper yeah, echelon. There's a few people where you say, where do you come from? Um, you say Wales and they look at you blankly. If you say Tom Jones, they sort of realize of oh, Gareth Bale or Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey, the you know the woman of sang Goldfinger and mm-hmm. sang a Bond song. She was she's she's pretty iconic in our country. And then we have the Dylan Thomas, you know, which we're very proud of. Um, Ryan Giggs, the footballer, was another huge one. Um, rugby it didn't sort of really translate over um, 
over to America because you're not really into it. But if you go like to um, the other side of the world, New Zealand and places like that, we have somebody called Barry John who's known as the king and he's almost a mythical figure. Just mm. this, um, the outside half who's like the quarterback of rugby. And he was just, he went down there in 71. It was 50 years ago with the Lions and <laughs> and they all fell in love with him. You, you meet people, I, I've been to New Zealand and you meet people there called Barry after this little Welsh man. And he he gave up in uh, when he was 27 years of age. Wow. And it was an sport. And the last thing, he just couldn't handle the fame anymore. And the hero worship and the last, um, the last straw for him was when he went into the bank to pay in some money. And the tiller actually curtsied in front of him because he was regarded as this uh, thing. So we do get a bit, we do get a bit soppy over our hearies. We get a bit, you know, we, we take him to heart a bit too much. But um, do do you guys claim uh, the actor Anthony Hopkins is he? Oh, yeah, is he Welsh? Actors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hopkins came from Port Talbot, the small place called Port Talbot, which is steelworks. Um, and so too did Richard Burton come from. Port Albert, who was married to Liz Taylor, and so yeah. does Michael Dean, the guy who um, played Frost and Nixon, really famous actor and everything. Um, yeah, we have a load. We have a load of decent actors. We've always, um, um, you know, Adele. The, sure. The singer, her dad was well. Her dad was actually a friend of mine. He's dead now, poor thing. But um, that her, Adele's dad was Welsh. We always find a Welsh connection with everyone. Honestly, God, we're incredible. We're like vampires, Welsh vampires. We'll we'll seek out Welsh blood everywhere, and then we'll claim them as one of our own. We're really not. We're not fussy at all. Well, I, I along those lines, I saw uh, Jack Daniels, of course, the big you know Tennessee yeah. whiskey here. His, I believe, Jack's grandfather was Welsh, Joseph Joseph Daniels. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Lee <laughs> West. Nobody knows Lee Westwood is a quarter Welsh. Okay. Um, we, we can find them everywhere. And if you look at, there were more, and I'm pretty sure this is true. <clears throat> there, were, there were more Welsh people who signed the American Declaration of Independence than any other race. I'm oh. pretty sure that it's true. That's but we don't shout about it. We don't. The Irish go, you know, oh, you all want to be Irish. Well, in fact, you're more Welsh. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Anybody called Jones, David, we're having you all. So, hmm. um, all right. I got to ask you I, my mom and I saw a movie called Dream Horse a few months yeah. ago. I believe it's based on, well, I know it's based on a, a horse called Dream Alliance, which was a, um, a Welsh racehorse uh, yeah. brought up by a, a, a woman in a village, a small Welsh town. <laughs> is that a, as big a story in Wales as you know? It's it's this big movie here in the in the states, uh, and it was a good feel good movie too. I didn't even know that was a film. I used to work in racing. My first, I used to work on the racing desk, and <clears throat> Peter Bowen was the trainer, wasn't it? Was Peter Bowen? It was Halford West was the little village. I believe that's so Halford West, yeah. Halford West is about this golf course. I keep going about Gubert. Halford West is maybe fifteen miles from that. Okay. I remember Dream Alliance when it went in Cheltenham and it was just owned by all these regulars in the pub. That is a totally Welsh thing. We've got another famous thing, which I think would be a better um, a better horse movie called Norton's Coin. Now, do you remember a horse called Desert Orchid, a massive horse over in Britain? And it won all the Cheltenham Gold Cups. It was on, it was like, it was, it was the, the people's favourite racehorse. But it got okay. beat by a, a farmer's horse from a place called Nantigaro in... Um, in Wales, and 
this Cyril Griffiths, this totally Welsh farmer who's just horrible to everyone, do you know what I mean? And he trained up this horse and it won at 200 to one. And that day I went to the races with my friend Drakey and I persuaded him not to bet the Welsh horse and said, get all your money in the orchard. We actually had to hitchhike home because we were skin. And every Gold Cup day now I get a message from him, four letters, it's not um, a very nice word he says to me, but this has been going on, yeah, that was 30 years ago. And uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, this, it's, it's t- Wales is full of stories like that, that whole Dream Alliance thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. um, of, of little sort of people making it big suddenly, and because there are only little places in Wales, it's just a, literally a. Uh, apart from the three cities you mentioned, it's it's a collection of villages. What else do we need to? I, I feel like I, I wanted to hit a lot a lot of the the high points with Wales. Is there anything else you would like to uh, to make sure people know about, or anything that I've missed that that stands out? I think that's an impossible question. I know, but I would say to Wales is just come and see it. And Mm -hmm. people don't realize how close it is to England. You know, we're two hours on the train card if it's from London. Remember people say, um, oh, we're going on a trip to uh, England. I said, oh, yeah, where are you going? I said, don't go to Bath or anywhere with that. I know it's lovely, but get down to Wales. Get down there. Especially if you golf, go and play Wales because how cool it is. Everybody's played all of these links. Cool. Everybody's played St Andrews now. Was going to play St Andrews, aren't they? Get down and experience something you haven't before. Mm-hmm. Remember Furman Bisher, the the great um, golf writer, <coughs> said about um, which course I think it was Conway. He he said it's the most picturesque course he's ever seen. You know, this is a man who's mm-hmm. been everywhere in America, everywhere in the world, and you know he said that it's got. I think. In maybe 50 years, people will realise they missed a trick because we got so many hidden gems. And it's not as expensive. It's not as expensive to play. You'll get really looked after. Mm-hmm. Go in and just talk about Tom Jones if you've got nothing else to say, and they'll love you. And Ian Woos, you'll have pint sport for you all night, and you'll end up singing in this language. You have no idea what you're singing about. And honest, it's, you, you, you'll love it. That's that sounds magnificent. What's the um, is Cardiff the airport? Is there kind of one big international airport yeah, in Wales? One airport, and that's Cardiff, and it's okay. not really international. America, though. If you're going to fly, you probably best bet to go to Heathrow and then just it's two hours on the train. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's how I always fly away. There's no, we once had a flight from uh, Cardiff to America. It lasted about, it was from Cardiff to uh, Newark. It lasted about a month. It was brilliant. Everybody was like, yeah, and then they just stopped it. And I don't know. <laughs> that was the end of that. The US, the US Ryder Cup team flew into Cardiff. That's uh, Okay. All right. I think they wish they'd flown straight back out again, but they were uh, <laughs> it was really raining that day. But um, yeah, you know, your best bet is Heathrow. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. What? Oh, you know what else we always ask guests? Uh, I, I got to ask you uh, about the grocery store scene. In, in Wales, I, I know it's very random, but we ask all our all our guests, what you know, what's your favorite grocery store? What 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 are the nicest ones? And you know, kind of rank those those two or three grocery options, maybe. Right. So we we, we have the supermarket same way as you do. Um, we got some. I live in a place called Penarth, which is just outside Cardiff. It's got its own pier in the water and everything. It's gorgeous. There's some great some great local shops there that. David Lush, the butchers, just do their own sausages, just incredible. And they do their own steak pies. And 
it'll last you a week this steak pie is about this big it's just fantastic um the supermarkets are killing local towns let's be honest and so you know we'll yeah. just my wife insists that we try and use waitrose more but it's about a third more expensive and you know even makes her cooking sound uh, taste mm -hmm. but, um, yeah it's uh, <laughs> yeah uh groceries yeah i try and shop local because there's okay. some lovely little vegetable stores and yeah it's really nice just walking around Penarth actually and seeing locals still doing that it's quite you know it doesn't happen often now does it and it should happen more in fact yeah. you're convinced me, as soon as i get home i'm gonna I'm going to go around Penarth and give the local customer buy a big steak pie and lose myself in it. That's three days. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, James, thank you uh, again. Uh, people can find you J, J Corrigan golf on Twitter. Um, are you, nice. So I'm not, I'm not, um, I, I was going to say, sometimes you get your hand slapped by people, but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm maturing now. I'm 52 and I'm finally maturing. Who would have thought it? Oh, I for one enjoy when you mix it up and uh, and you get after people. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this was yeah this this was really fun discussion, and I think I speak for myself and certainly the no laying up guys and and hopefully a lot of people listening uh, would really 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 love to get to Wales and you know come to Wales. I'm telling you, yeah. if it rains, don't blame me. It's not my fault. Yeah, well. A lot. I forgot to tell you that, but it rains quite a lot. One of the great, one of the wettest countries in Europe, I saw. Yeah, but we try not to talk about that. Yeah, but it makes everything green. Remember and... Faldo's last uh, part in line? Faldo's part in line in 2008 Ryder Cup, in, you know, with his wonderful captaincy in that. Um, was you know, next time it's in Wales, bring your waterproof. So yeah, thanks, Nick. But he was right. <laughs> yeah. He brought canoe as well. But uh, if you yeah. get the weather, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it, all the rain, it makes everything green, you know? That's and so, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, awesome. I, when, when we're over there, we'll, we'll have to look you up and, and we'll go out and get a proper pint together. Really? I look forward to it.